This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of Fanatical Prospecting and Sales EQ, and I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. I'm so excited about this episode of Sales Gravy. This is part one of my conversation with my good friend, Anthony Anarino, about his brand new book, Eat Their Lunch. And over the course of this episode and the episodes that follow, we're going to be talking about competitive displacement. How do you kick your competitors out of their accounts and take their business? Before we get started, let me tell you how I eat my competitors' lunch. It's called Outbound Cards. Outbound Cards is taking snail mail and putting it on 21st century rocket fuel. From a simple app on my phone with just a couple of clicks, I'm able to send customized cards in the mail that gets people's attention. It makes me stand out and it gets me in the door so that I have an opportunity to kick my competitors out of their accounts. So if you want to learn more, go to OutboundCards.com. That's OutboundCards.com. And here's the good news. When you sign up, your first card is for free and there's no credit card required. That's OutboundCards.com. Now, here's my conversation with the great Anthony Anarino about his brand new book, Eat Their Lunch. Hi, this is Jeb Blunt, CEO of Sales Gravy. Welcome to another episode of Sales Masters. I'm here with my good friend, some people's calling my best friend, Anthony Anarino, and we're talking about his brand new book, Eat Their Lunch. This is a fantastic book, and I love this book so much that I wrote the foreword for it. And some people are saying that it's the greatest foreword that was ever written for a book <laughs> anywhere, anytime. So I'm, I'm honored to have the opportunity to have done that for you, Anthony. Welcome to the show. I, I think I'm the one that says that. I think I might be the one that's actually saying that. You know how people know that we're good friends? You finally <laughs> learned how to pronounce my last name. And I continue to correct people on yours when they say, you know your friend Jeb Blount? And I'm like, yeah, he's neighbors with my friend Jeb Blount. <laughs> we, were, we were having that conversation on a podcast earlier today that I was doing for, for someone else. And I'm like, listen, if you're south of the Mason-Dixon and east of the Mississippi, you understand that it is blunt. And if you're from anywhere else, including the Yankees, you call me Blount. So exactly. I, 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 can go, I can go either way. Uh, the easiest way to remember it is a lot of people call me Philly Blunt. So that's a derogatory, <laughs> but you can remember it that way. I can remember uh, that. But this, but we are good friends, and and this is a great book. And you and I, um, we talk about books all the time and the things that we're writing. So there's a lot of collaboration going on. And this book in particular is close to my heart because it's really about uh, competitive displacement. And I grew up in an industry where, literally, every customer I called on was using my competitor. And I, you know, we were there were four or five really big competitors in the marketplace and smaller ones, but it was hand to hand combat all the time. And I had to go into businesses that were using my competitor. And by the way, when I called them on, you know, for prospecting calls to get appointments, they were always happy. They never said, we're not happy, yeah, right. come see us. So I had to go in, I had to, to do discovery. I had to ask questions, help them see that they were not happy, and then take them away from my competitor. And that's a, that's a tough place to be. And one of the things that you always say uh, about uh, yourself and myself uh, and, and Weinberg, who's also one of our friends, and the way that we approach sales is that we grew up in those, in those businesses where it was hand-to-hand combat. It wasn't like blue sky strategy or blue ocean strategy where you know, you're going out there and you're selling something that no one knows about, but that made us better salespeople. And I, I want to start there. Why does 
your ability to displace a competitor make you better in the marketplace? It, it has to. So when you think about what I call a red ocean strategy, because the blue ocean strategy, terrific book, great concept, be Airbnb, be Netflix, be Uber, be Lyft, be one of those things. But for 99% of us, that's not what we do. It's, we don't have a blue ocean. We're in the red bloody part of the ocean that you and I came out of. So every client I ever called on, same as you, already had somebody sitting in my chair. So to be really good, you not only have to have the ability to create a preference to work with you, but it has to be strong enough to actually fire your competitor and remove them from the building. And I don't think people understand how difficult that is. And even if they're not happy, you know this because you grew up in the same kind of industry that I did, you know this, that even if they're unhappy, there's switching costs. So it's hard to get them to even change their priority to say, yeah, we'll redo everything, change our processes, bring you in, set up a new contract. It's really difficult to do. So it is, you can't rely on your product because you sold uniforms. Yeah. Okay, well, so does everybody else. Not, not that hard to do. I sold temporary staffing. In some markets, there were 600 staffing agencies all telling the same story. So what do you have left to work with? Salesmanship. You have to find a way to go in and create greater value than anyone else. Also to create a preference to work with you because they're really making the decision, who do I want on my team? And then enough of a preference that they're willing to get rid of somebody that's already sitting in your chair. Nobody's written this book yet. And I think that you and I both and, and Weinberg too, we came out of this world. And I think that our view of sales is what it is specifically because we don't know anything else. This is where we came from. We came from a competitive displacement. I eat your lunch or you eat mine. And that's just the game. Let's, let's begin at the top of the funnel. So when you're in a world where like you have 600 competitors or in, and I, you know, part of my business is a job board. There are 40,000 competitors on, you know, that we, that we compete against the sales, sales gravy job board. When I was selling industrial rail uniforms, we had six to seven core competitors that we were dealing with. At the top of the funnel, how important is outbound prospecting to get you in the door to begin with? Considering that almost everybody that I ever called was happy. When you call them, they're happy. That's just the way that they say things or they're busy. But if they're not happy, they're driven by the status quo bias, which says that even if I'm not happy, the devil I know is better than the one that I don't know. Why is it so important that you master outbound prospecting and getting that time in the first place so that you can even begin the conversation with them? It's, it's interesting that you say that. I was with a client that I had when I was in staffing and I was sitting in the customer's office and a competitor called while I was sitting there and I listened to him take the call and tell them that he was happy and I was sitting in the room. In a one hour meeting, he got a second call from another competitor who called and he took the call while I was in the room. By the way, he also handed me all their brochures and all of their proposals on the way out the door because he was my client and we had a relationship. But here's the thing. If you're in a competitive displacement business, if you are the kind of person that's to go out and compete and take customers away from your competition or even just compete, what you have to know is that if you're not making outbound calls, you're not becoming known. And if you're not being known as a value creator, as somebody who has ideas that can help, and if you're not persistent, all they have to do is wait about 11 or 12 minutes and one of your competitors is going to call. So either you're calling and you're proactively going and trying to 
make new relationships, be known as a value creator, disrupt the status quo, competitively displace your competitor. I can promise you one thing. They're trying to displace you. And I tell that story specifically because many, many times I've had people share with me that my competitors have called, that they stopped in and handed off these brochures or this proposal. Sometimes they'd hand me a proposal that I could review that they would give to me. And it had a $500,000 savings proposal attached to it. And they handed it to me. That's how important it is that you do this work. It is a rough and tumble game. No one likes it when I talk about it as a blood sport, but it is a zero sum game. So either I win or you win, but we don't both win, which means you have to go in with a spirit of competition, which means you have to love a good fight. And I know you do. You have to love a good contest and you have to be willing to get top of the funnel and get known and let people know that you have the ability to do something better for them and persist like the devil. Yeah, I, you know, one of the things that I always recognized when I was prospecting in, in that space and I was competing is exactly what you said. Either I'm going to win or someone else is going to win. And I had to get time. I had to get time on someone's schedule. And they don't want to meet with me because they're, they're happy. And, and I explain this to salespeople all the time. Almost everybody that I ever sold was happy with what they were doing to begin with. It was my job to, to, to ask the right questions, to, to show them where they were unhappy. And that started with asking for time. That's right. what prospecting is. And in competitive displacement, if you don't get the time, if, you don't get the, if, if you're not sitting in front of them, there's no chance that you're going to get them to switch. And if you're just looking for people that are unhappy or waiting for them to call you, it's too late. And, you know, and I don't know if you, if you experience this in, in, in staffing, but in the, where I came from, it was really rare that anybody called. But when they called, we would all get in our cars. Like every competitor would get in the cars. They would call everybody, right? Because they would, I want to quote, I want to quote. And it was always this. The first person there got the deal because they were ready to go. They were ready to change right there on the spot. And it didn't make, make a difference who walked in the door. There was a trigger event, usually a dissatisfaction that was causing that. But that was so rare. Almost everyone else they had six competitors sitting in there giving them every single proposal and, and, in, and they didn't have to meet with you so that if you, you weren't persistent, didn't get the time, you were in trouble. I hope part one of my interview with Anthony Andorino about his brand new book, Eat Their Lunch, inspires you to go out, make a call and get into the door of one of your competitors' accounts. And if you want to stand out, make sure that you go check out Outbound Cards. Just go to OutboundCards.com. That's OutboundCards.com. Check it out, and your first card is for free.